You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you. I wonder this morning if you've ever found yourself in a place that you never intended to be. Anybody ever found yourself somewhere you never thought you'd go? Oftentimes when we hear that question, we think about someplace bad. But the opposite is also true. We can sometimes find ourselves in really great places that we never thought we would end up. To me, this morning, this is one of them. If you told me I'd ever work at Asbury, I would have said, I don't think so. If you ever told me I would be preaching, I would most assuredly say, I don't think so. And if you ever told me that I would begin to be preaching on holiness, <laughs> I would have just laughed. Because that's not who I was. And that's not what I expected. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself someplace that you never intended to be? You see, I grew up in the holiness tradition. I'm so grateful for my family heritage, the church I grew up in, the camps that I grew up to. I grew up literally under the banner of holiness unto the Lord. I'm so thankful for the theological framework I was given. And yet at the same time as that foundation was being woven into my heart, the enemy was also there, distorting and deceiving my view of holiness. And my view of holiness was very limited, and maybe yours today is too. Holy living to me was all about what I couldn't do. I can't do this, and I can't do that, and I can't go there, and I can't talk to those people, and it was suffocating. That's not holiness. It was suffocating. I wasn't even sure what I could do. I just was so concerned about what I couldn't do that I wasn't living. And maybe that's how some of you feel this morning. Holiness to me, the only way you could live in that kind of lifestyle, in my view, was to try harder, do more, act better, perform, hide stuff. Most certainly do it alone because everyone will know that you're not holy. That comment that Charlie said, I resonated with that. I was so aware of my unholiness. And it honestly felt like a cruel joke when preachers would preach on passages from like Leviticus or 1 Peter when God would say, be holy as I am holy. Are you kidding me, God? <laughs> I know that's not possible. There's no way I could be holy like you're holy. But I was wrong. I was wrong. This invitation to holy living, this invitation to heart holiness, it's not a burden. It's not a burden. It's an invitation to the best life I've ever lived. It's an invitation to the best life you'll ever live. Because it turns out that that command to be holy as God is holy wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't just a nice gesture or a good slogan that we can put on the wall. That was his very heart for us. 
his very heart for me. For me. It turns out that holiness wasn't just reserved for the Christian elitist. You know those ladies in the church that you're pretty sure has never thought of a bad thing in their entire life? You know. It's not just reserved for them. It's not reserved just for the missionaries, especially those serving in the hardest places. Holiness is for me. And holiness is for you. But here's the thing. For a lot of years of my life, I didn't want it. Because I felt like too much pressure. If you ascribe anything holy to me, then I'll mess up. I won't be perfect. I'll show you just how unholy I am. But that's not holiness. Holiness is God sharing his very life with us. Holiness is God sharing his character with me. God sharing his character with you. And his character is righteous and pure, good. His character is faithful and hopeful and peace and joy. His character is set apart. He's not like any other God. And he's saying, I want you to share in that with me. That, my friends, is very good news. In seminary, my professor always used to say, the Holy Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit's role is to make you holy. (laughs) It's not like God said, okay, you be holy as I'm holy and figure it out yourself. That's a burden. No, God said, I'm coming and I'm going to share my very spirit with you. And my spirit's role in your life, my life in your life, is to make you holy. The passages we're going to look at this morning come from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 23 and through 24, if you want to find that in your scriptures. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. And in the, in the book of 1 Thessalonians, Paul is writing to the church of Thessalonica. And these new Christians have been facing hardship and oppression and opposition. And Paul is concerned that they're going to fall away, that they're going to turn away from God. I wonder here this morning, is anyone facing hardship, oppression, opposition? This word's for you, don't turn away. Don't walk away. God's come for you. So if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn there. Scripture reads like this. It said, may God himself, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify, which that word is another word for make holy. Would God make holy you through and through? May your whole spirit soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. I'm going to read that one more time. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. 
those verses bring so much clarity and hope to what it means to live a holy life. Dr. Oswald says that the holy living, holy living is the intended consequence of a gracious salvation. Holy living is the intended consequence of a gracious salvation. And I love that these verses start with the object of our holiness, God. May God himself. I'm so thankful that on these verses about holiness, it doesn't start with may Jeannie herself or may Asbury itself. My friends, this work is not up to me. Praise God. These are some of the most freeing words ever. May God himself. This work of holiness is God's work. And I love that Paul doesn't just go from may God himself and then to the work of sanctification. No, he is deliberately reminding us of who this God is. He is a God of peace. The God who does the work of holiness in us is the God of peace. He brings peace into our chaos. He brings peace into every aspect of our lives that is misaligned, out of order, sinful. He brings his peace. He doesn't just speak peace. He doesn't just bring peace. He is peace. And that means everywhere he is, there is peace peace. Anybody need that word this morning? We felt it in those 16 days. As his holiness was so revealed in this place, there was peace. You walked in this room, you could feel it. He was present, and he is peace. May God himself the God of peace, sanctify, make holy, which means make clean. Sanctify you through and through. This means every aspect of who you are, God is saying, I want to make that clean. I want to make that holy. And in case we weren't sure what through and through meant, Paul tells us, May your spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless, which is pure, holy. Every aspect. We can't separate our souls from our body. We try a lot. God saying, I have come for all of you. Every aspect of what makes you, you your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, I have come to make holy. That's good news. That's such good news. Nothing gets left out of the equation of his holiness. There is no exception in your life to his holiness. Your mind, your heart, your soul, your body, he's saying, I came to make you holy. I died to make you holy. I rose from the grave to make you holy. I gave you, gave you my very spirit to make you holy. That's good news. That's very good news. And in case you're wondering, the one who called you 
is faithful. He's faithful, and he will do it. That sentence doesn't end with a question mark. He is able, he's willing, and he will do it. The one who called you to be holy is himself holy, and he will do it. As I've been praying for the last couple of weeks about this sermon, the picture I keep, kept getting in my heart and in my mind was Jesus walking through each one of our lives, and also Jesus walking through our campus. And as he walked, he walked with gentleness and kindness, but yet with all power and authority on heaven and earth, saying, mine, 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 mine. Why? Because he wanted every single place to be holy. I want your addiction. I want to speak holiness into your addiction. I want to speak holiness into your shame. I want to speak holiness into your past. I want to speak holiness into your trauma. I want to speak holiness into your abuse. I want to speak holiness into your mental health. I want to speak holiness of your past, your present, and your future. Mine. Holy. Holy. We are called to be holy because we belong to him. And he longs to share his character with us. He designed us, created us to be whole and holy. Now, I've spent much of my life, years of my life, categorizing my life into nice, neat, orderly compartments. And to be honest with you, this through and through holiness that he's invited us into, it often feels overwhelming and terrifying. Because all those neat, nicely compartments, when you're whole and holy, they don't exist. Probably the only place in the world where every Tupperware actually has a lid that fits as the pantry of my soul. My soul often looks like a well-organized cupboard with Tupperware that's labeled with lids on. Because God surely can't make that holy. But he can. And he is. And he will. So if you're terrified, you're in good company. But he's gentle and he's kind. And he's walking through my life, and he's walking through yours, and he's inviting us to his holiness. All of those compartments, all of my nice, neat Tupperware that I spent years containing. Sandy, now I want to look at that. I want to make that holy. I want to make you holy. I want to share my life with you right there in the midst of that. And if that isn't love, I don't know what is. So what do we do? The only thing I know to do is re respond to his love. It's his love that is leading us into holiness. 
It's his love that is leading us into these places. All I can ever do is just respond to the love and grace he's already given me. Respond and surrender. To participate in the good work that he wants to do in me. And realize I didn't just say the good work that I have to do to make myself holy. I've been there, done that, it didn't work. I respond and surrender and participate in the good work that he wants to do in me to make me holy. And then I have to be honest. To be honest in my confession. I have to actually acknowledge that those Tupperware containers exist. I have to acknowledge what's inside of them. The whole truth. The pain, the doubt, the confusion, the anger, the frustration, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the sin, whatever it is, I have to acknowledge it. But here's the beautiful thing. When my truth meets the one who is the truth, there's freedom. Because he can't work with my false reality. (laughs) When I'm not truthful, he's standing there as the one who is truth, but his truth doesn't match my truth and there isn't freedom. He's inviting me to sit with him as we look at that Tupperware container together. In the fullness of all the pain and the hurt and the grief, the sin, the addiction, whatever it is, he's inviting us to look at it. And he's saying, I'm right here. And I, yes, I can make this holy. I can make this good. I can make this clean. I can make this pure. Not just I can, I will. I will. I will. And my truth is his truth, and I'm set free, and I'm set free to be holy. To live a holy life, a life full of heart holiness, through and through. That's what we're set free to do, to live. This is not a burden. This is an invitation to his love. Last year, February 8th, Some of us might be familiar with that day. I wasn't here. I was at home. I had COVID. And I was watching chapel online, and I was watching what God was doing, and I was getting texts from you all and faculty members and staff members. And I was so excited for what God was doing. We've been praying for this. We've been praying for this very move of God. And I was also angry that I wasn't here. I mean, we've been praying for this guy. Why am I not in the room? But there was more than that. There's way more than that. See, there's a Tupperware in my life full of lies. Specifically, two. The lie that God doesn't love me. The lie that God's not good to me. You see, I could believe that for every single one of you in this room wholeheartedly. But because of things in my own life, I didn't believe it was true for me. And that day, 
the enemy was using those lies against me in ways I'd never encountered before. I knew those lies were there. I'd sought healing for them. I'd prayed many prayers for freedom for them. And God had been doing some work in my life around those. But that day, the enemy's voice was so loud in my head. See, Jeannie, God knew you weren't going to be here today, so he decided to pour his love and his goodness out when you weren't there. Because you are, in fact, the exception to his love and his goodness. And that voice was loud, and it was deep. I can honestly say February 8th of last year was the worst day of my life. Because now I had evidence that those two things were true. I was a mile from this place, and God was pouring out his love and his goodness, and he knew I wasn't going to be there, so he must have chosen that day. So I wouldn't receive it. You see how the enemy is playing right there? Twisting and distorting God's goodness. I cried for four hours that day from places I have never cried from in my entire life. Because my worst fear, I thought in that moment, was true. I even hung up on my mom and my grandma because they were trying to tell me about how God was good. And I, I could not hear it. I couldn't hear it. That night, I asked my friend Taylor to bring me a COVID test in the morning because we had decided, uh, our policy had changed that if you test negative, you can come back to work with a mask on. And everyone was saying, you need to be in the room. So the next morning, I tested negative, and I came back in this room. Talk about whiplash. From the day before to walking into this room, where his holiness was so present, I didn't know what to do. I mean, what was I going to do with the day before? So I did what I knew to do, and that's just start doing things. Praying, ministering, getting asked to be on the leadership team. And all day long, God kept saying, because he's kind and he's gentle, but he's coming after all my Tupperware. Saying, hey, Jeannie, what are you going to do about yesterday? Nothing, Lord. <laughs> It's best. It's in the best. We're fine. We're going to just stuff it like we always do. What are you going to do about yesterday, Jeannie? Nothing. Nothing. I got home that morning, or I guess at this point, Friday morning, about 2.30. And one more time, God in his kindness just said, hey, what are you going to do about Wednesday? And I was terrified. I mean, what am I going to do about Wednesday? I can never say these things out loud. I'm in ministry. What will people think? At that point, I was so tired of being so conflicted. I said, all right, God. I knew my friend was going to be here overseeing the room between 4 and 6 that morning. I said, if you wake me up in those hours, I'll go talk to her. But I'm going to set my alarm for 6.30 because I don't really want to do that. But I'm a person of my word, so when I woke up at 3.30, I was like, stink. I got to go. So I got ready, and I came in the room, and it's 4 o'clock, and she wasn't here. And I was like, praise the Lord. This is great news. It's great news. Because I didn't want to say these things out loud, right? I knew the ugliness that was in that Tupperware container, and I liked my lid on it. I said, okay, God, I'll give her to 410. 
409, she walks in the room and they stink. I wish I could say I just went over and started talking, but that's not what I did. (laughs) Because I didn't want to say what was really going on. So we talked for a little bit, and then I got quiet. And you may be feeling this right now, like, please stop talking. I got real quiet, and I promise you I said it just like this. We have to go to the other side of the room because I'm going to throw up if I don't tell you something right now. Which, you can ask her, I said that just like that. Which means we need to go to the other side of the room because I'm going to throw up if I don't tell you something. So I went to that back corner over there. And I told her, before God and before my friend, I confessed the truth of all the reality that was in that Tupperware container. The lies I believed, the way that they had played out in my life. And I said, I'm not actually even sure that he loves me or he's good to me. She just looked at me and said, okay, we're going to just stay here until he comes for you. And I was pretty sure we were going to be there until Jesus came back. (laughs) But we weren't. (laughs) And he came for me. He came for me. In ways that I don't even know how to tell you he came. But as we looked at all that was in that Tupperware container together, I experienced peace. Because he's a God of peace. I experienced wholeness and freedom and joy. I experienced truth because he is the way, the truth, and the life. I experienced healing. And I experienced his holiness through and through in that area of my life. And when I got up from that place, my circumstances had not changed. In fact, some of my circumstances have gotten harder since February 8th of last year. But what had changed is my confidence in who God is. You cannot convince me today that he doesn't love me. You cannot convince me today that he is not good to me. And the same is true for you. The same is true for you. So don't settle for anything less than God's absolute best for you. And his absolute best for you is for you to be made holy in him. I don't know what Tupperware you have this week or today. But in his kindness and his gentleness, yet with all authority and power, he wants to say, mine, 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 mine. Because he wants to speak his goodness, his peace, his love, his joy, his hope, his holiness into every single place. May God himself, the God of peace, Make you holy through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who called you is faithful. And he will do it. The altar is going to be open. We're going to sing a song or two. As he moves, all we can ever do is respond. Maybe there's 
confession you need to speak today before God and maybe before someone else. We're here. He's here. And this is his invitation to you.